Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in. D. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on, everybody? We are back, back here on a Wednesday, talking Lions. Uh, just an absolutely incredible roller coaster of a football game on Sunday. The ups, the downs, the plays, the non-plays, the plays that were, the plays we thought that were, the plays that got reversed. Grifka, it was just a, a crazy game from start to finish. We came out on the short end. Uh, how are you, buddy? Uh, doing okay, man. That was a hell of a game, though, to watch. I was That was probably... That was probably one of the most exciting football games I've ever watched. You know, I didn't realize <laughs> being a big Lions fan, but still, that was that was a a very exciting game. No matter if what other two teams would ever throw a game like that together, that that was a pretty exciting game. Yeah, pretty much had it all. I mean, again, we'll get into it here on the show, but uh, you definitely want to come out with a W. But there's lots to talk about, lots to take away from it, lots of uh, everything across the board for this game. So, Griffco, we're gonna. Uh, we're going to review the game for the people. We're going to talk about kind of uh, the main scoring plays, some of the plays that were scoring plays that ended up being not scoring plays. We're going to talk about some great plays by Matt Stafford, uh, a couple issues he had here or there, uh, the referees. I mean, w- what else am I missing here with this game? I mean, we're, we're just going to hit on it all. How about that? Yeah, let's get into a lot to talk about about this game. Yeah, man. Um, so real quick before we get into the game, uh, it did not happen, but I had kind of teased the people on Twitter that, uh, hey, here's the Oakry conspiracy theory. The the Lions are going to go beat the Chiefs, which unfortunately came up just short. Jalen Ramsey's going to sit out um, of the game randomly on Sunday, which he did. And now Monday morning, you'll get a uh, announcement that the Detroit Lions have traded for Jalen Ramsey. The, the city will be going crazy, uh, all that type of stuff. So that, that, that was your uh, dream. You wanted to sign him. Griff I said, no, but when I started putting the chips together, um, you know, had they come up with that dub and had they signed this guy, paired him up with Slay, paid him, be a corner piece for this team for a long time if they got him at the right deal i was i was kind of on board had lots of people going crazy online for that but uh that didn't happen at least not yet since we've been recording am i right there Griffka? yeah that's uh uh yeah that doesn't happen but i did read an article today that the jaguars <laughs> did turn down two first round picks for that uh, for jalen ramsey so uh not quite for sure. Uh, you know, um, I was skimming it, and, and um, the article I had it didn't it didn't give the team name. So uh, I don't know. Could people are like, is it the Lions? Is it the Patriots? I mean, I'm thinking it's probably somebody in their division where they don't have to face them. You know, twice a year then. So uh, I don't I don't know. That's that's one thing I, I did I did read. So uh, I highly doubt you know if, if it was Detroit even to make that offer. 
But if it was Detroit, I could see him jumping on that. But if it was a team they'd have to face, you know, twice a year or somebody even in the AFC, I wouldn't, I couldn't see him making that trade. So, um, yeah, so I guess Griff, it's still out there. There's only two people that I can think of that would be crazy enough to uh, give up two first rounders for Jalen Ramsey. I mean, the first one would probably be this guy. Hello, my name's Todd. And the second one is probably this guy. I mean, Conrad and Todd might give up two ones, but there's no way. Like, I love how these rumors come out about, oh, we we turned down two ones. Uh, There's just no way, I don't think. I mean, like I said, I was talking with a million people, and I said, you know, if that's still the price tag, you know, no thank you. But if it's come down a little bit, and if he's willing to do a a decent contract as well, then, yeah, I would consider it. But uh, like you say, I not probably not going to happen, but wow, would it, I mean, they played so well that it would still be money if they did it. You know, he still got a, over a week plus to kind of get acclimated. That would be crazy. Be a crazy turning point, I think for this team. But uh, like you say, let's, uh, let's jump into the, the game a bit before we get to the, uh, our first break here. So, so let's talk big picture Grifka before we can get into the details. Like I'm just going to going right after it right here. Like, you're walking away from this game with a loss. I mean, ups and downs, Lions played really well. You know, the Chiefs, big high-flying offense, we hold them down. Before we even get into all the details, like, I want to know your take, like what you're taking away from this game, what your feeling is, because I've had a lot of friends, people have different takes on, you know, what, what do they think? Are they proud? Is it still a loss? You know, all the different feelings that we've heard uh, since that game ended on Sunday, like where are you at with it? Um, this game is just a lot of missed opportunities for the lions. Um, just things that, uh, you know, they didn't do well. They misexecuted at some stuff, you know, balled in a bouncer way a couple times. Um, I mean, I, I see a lot of people blaming the refs and a lot of people like, oh, the refs didn't cost them that game. I mean, like you said, there was a few calls. It's like, um, what were they looking at? I know a lot of people are complaining now about was it the uncalled pass interference on the last Hail Mary where Marvin Jones just pretty much gets pushed to the ground. And the refs are like, well, we're a little more lax on the Hail Mary. Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. Well, let me go down and karate kick somebody to the back of the head. And, well, if you're lax on it, you know, who cares? I mean, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Either it's pass interference or it's not pass interference. But um, just just a lot of missed opportunities and stuff like that. And I'm, you know me. I don't believe in moral victories because I, one of the best quotes I, I heard or um, I read was like, you know, moral victories just get you a higher draft pick. That's the way I took it. And everybody's like, oh, they played so well. It was so close. I'm so proud of them. Well, I'm glad, you you know, you're treating this team like they're, you know, it's a JV team where like, oh, they played really hard. Well, good. I mean, give them their participation trophy because I'm sure every lion in that locker room is thinking, you know, we lost this game. We had a bunch of missed opportunities. You know, they're not thinking we can go toe to toe with anybody. They already knew that. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, disappointed i mean really is when I, I i didn't get mad over it i was just disappointed with like the missed opportunities that that happened and like you said some of the calls that we can go back and say like it, it just those were more annoying than anything and there's a few of them we'll bring up that maybe we're talking about the same ones but you know i'm just dis, i'm disappointed in the loss you know they, they played them close but no moral victories you know on this it's it's a, it's a loss in the column <laughs> 
All right, Grifka, I don't want you to go on a 10-minute diatribe, but this is where you give the people that same gimmick you always say about how there's no uh, there's no, you know, column in the paper that says almost. How about you give them that one so I can give you a couple bills, and then I'll sure. actually I give mean, you a real, real take. Sure, a real take. That is a real take. That makes zero sense. But once again, I mean, yeah, show me the – I don't know if it's like, you know, hockey or soccer where they put like three columns in there, but – just how many moral victories do the Lions need to make the playoffs? I'm just out of curiosity for all these people that are like, oh, they played these guys so close. So if they play the Packers close on Monday night and they come lost, we're like, oh, well, it was close. And I'm reading all this other stuff. We didn't have Slay and we lost Diggs and we didn't have Amendola. Well, I hate to break it to you. Me and you just sat here and busted the, the chops of the Chargers fans and the Eagles fans that did the same crap. Well, we didn't have so-and-so and we didn't have so-and-so. It's like, oh, well, we don't care. Ha, ha, ha. But all these other Lions fans are going, well, we didn't have this guy. If we if it, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't say that in the column either. No moral victories. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So give your take about how everything's sunny and blue and how the Lions will come out so much more proud of themselves and so much more confidence. But go ahead. I'm waiting to hear your wonderful take. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, what I was alluding to is like you're, you're, you're continually repeating and that you're disappointed in the Detroit Lions. Like to me, there's really nothing at all to be disappointed about in this game except for the fact that yes a loss is a loss is a loss i spent today telling people on twitter yeah you, you there's no moral victories in the nfl but do i walk out of this game feeling good about our team's fight yes do i walk out of this game feeling good about that performance yes do i walk out feeling good that matt pat schemed up a way to stop the most electrifying player in the league uh Yes. You know, there's so many good things to take sure out of it. So. I want to make sure I get a rebuttal on your stop. So finish your take, and then I'll talk about how they so-and-so stopped him. So go ahead. Okay. Um, so, like, they got all these things they did really well, yet you're here on a, you know, day after recording a bit early this week saying you're disappointed in the Detroit Lions. Like that was like an effort to absolutely not be disappointed about. And then, and then you threw in some other nugget, which I know the people is, think is just, uh, I mean, absolutely tremendous. I mean, basically laughable. <laughs> you literally told the people here live with a half straight face Grifka that you did not get upset yesterday like are you telling me you're sitting through a game against the Kansas City Chiefs we're winning the whole game we're playing amazing football and you're sitting there unupset about some of these calls some of these twists and turns at the end of this ball game there's, there's no way there's absolutely no way so you know I walk away again, summarize my take. There's no moral victories in the NFL. The team has tons to be proud of. Uh, you know, yeah, every game teams are going to be hurt, this, that, and the other, but lots of key pieces were down. Matt Stafford played a great football game, except for a big air carry on balled out, except for a big air. And they came up short at the, at the very end. Now, do you want them to make a play on fourth down? Of course. Um, can can you sit there as a as a diehard and be like, oh, you know, I I wasn't up, no big deal, you know, of course not. There's only 16 football games, and that's one in the loss column that you could have and probably should have had. So you gotta be hype, you gotta be upset, you gotta be frustrated, but you also walk away if you got two eyes and a brain saying, you know, damn, that's our football team. They played well, they look good, they uh, fought their ass off. Like that's 
that's something to build on. It's something to uh, move forward with. Does it get you a W at the end of the year? Say, hey, remember that game? We fought really hard and we tried and we did really well. No, but it obviously has a lot to move forward with and to build on and to get healthy before that game in Green Bay. So go ahead and, and do what you're going to do. And then we want to dig into this game, kind of play by play. And there's some other plays I really want to get your take if you were unupset that I just can't wait to hear. Okay. Well, first of all, no. I told you last year that I'm going to stay pretty even keel with this team because I used to get a lot of tension headaches and stress headaches over this team. And <sighs> I've just pretty much said, no, I don't do that anymore. Just like, yeah, don't get me wrong. I was happy when they scored. And I was like, you know, giving a little fist pump here and there. And like when, you know, when something went the wrong way, I would put my head in my hands and, you know, just like, oh, but nowhere near the anger I used to get with this team. So, no, I didn't. Um, uh, on that and to say I was disappointed in the team no I'm disappointed in the loss that's what I said so get it right don't twist my r- words around I said I was disappointed in the loss did they fight yes but they still lost okay so I'm not disappointed in the lines I'm not disappointed in their showing I'm disappointed that they lost okay I said they had some missed opportunities that cost them the game and you and you like you said you had a couple of them Stafford had a big one on Johnson had a big one but I'm disappointed in the loss I'm not disappointed in the team so don't twist my words around. And your last thing about shutting down Pat Mahomes. Yeah, he had zero touchdown. Why? Because they always had the ball on the one yard line and he didn't have to run and he didn't have to do anything with it besides hand it off to the running back. Okay? He was he was moving the ball down the field. Yeah, they had a couple turnovers where the defense, you know, punched the ball and had a couple nice plays. But other than that, the Chiefs punted twice. Okay? They punted twice. So to say that they shut down Pat Mahomes, I would disagree. You know, Shady McCoy had, what, like 53 yards rushing? And, like, what, that third of that came on one run up the middle? Okay, but they didn't shut down Pat Mahomes. Yeah, he held them without a touchdown. That's because they were always on the freaking inside the five-yard line, and they could just pound the ball in. Okay, so to say that they shut shut, shut down their <clears throat> offense, yeah, keep breathing deeply. Obviously, we watched two different games, man. So <laughs> I watched it where they weren't shutting them down and they couldn't get off the field, except for twice. And... You were the one, like, you acted like, you know, they had, they had them, like, very few points and they didn't do a whole lot. So, okay, continue. Okay. Like I say, I'll be really interested to listen to that tape to see if you consistently said uh, that you're disappointed in the loss, which my first take on that is, when is anybody not disappointed in a loss? Like, have there been losses where you're just fired up about it? I mean, no. So that, that almost doesn't qualify me? as a take. And then me? That's something you can build on. I mean, I just heard that's something you can build on. I mean, you and a, you and hundreds of thousands of other fans. Oh gosh, they played them so tough. I'm proud of these guys. Well, yeah, but they still freaking lost. It doesn't matter. They lost. Like you said, there's no column for moral victories. It's still a loss. And I can tell you, every guy in that locker room is disappointed that they lost, and they know they blew a big opportunity. Oh, again, Grifka, me and all the people that are pulling positives or have things to build on are not undisappointed. You know, so to be un to be disappointed in a loss is like saying uh, it's hot in the summertime. You know, in Texas. Oh, oh like, here we go again. Course, another another you know? weather analogy. No, yeah. it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, it's just, it's just the most basic thing ever. This game. The, yeah. The, what, what when when they win, you'll say, "I'm happy with the win." Okay, great. You know, uh, that's a that's a good uh, good opinion. Um, oh, you know, I mean. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you. Oh, there's there's so many positives to go on. They're a pro football team. They're not fifth graders, okay? They're a pro football team. 
I mean, does right. everybody which, sit which back been, with yourself, make oh, it sound okay, like, oh, there's so much stuff to build on, to build on. Come on, man. I mean, these are, I mean, you use this term all the time. They're pros. They're pros. They're pros. Yeah, exactly, which I don't. Looking for a participation all right, let, let me know when I can talk. Just go ahead. Talk for another 20 minutes. Let me know when oh, I go can ahead, go. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Give me the more Johnny Blue Skies. How this is awesome. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to t- educate you again and again that you don't you pull act that like they education out. A loss is a loss is a loss. Okay? I've seen that game out of the Detroit Lions a hundred times. They hung with a tough team, something to build on. Okay? I've heard that a thousand times, man. They lost, okay? They blew opportunities. They, that's what happened. Okay? So don't give me this education bull crap. Okay? You just do you want me to come back for the Friday show or I mean you know, I don't know. Okay, can I go again? Yeah, go ahead. Educate me, Mr. Wizard. Okay. Because the, the thing that frustrates me most on the show, and again, I don't even know if we'll ever get to this football game, but it's it's this, this like, like opinion by you that that they're pros. Uh, hey, uh, I don't know, Grifka, like the NFL is a really tough game. It's really hard to win, so – yeah, you don't just roll out of bed and, as you say, just beat the daylights out of people. I mean, Bell, you, you don't just, like, show up and kill people in the NFL. I've tried to say that over and over again, yet you say, until this team blows people out 40 to 10, I don't believe in them. Well, that's an issue. The other issue is, like, I'm sitting here telling you all this and just getting frustrated because you, you just said you went on a big diatribe. Okay, they didn't really hold Patrick Mahomes, Okri. Grifka, have you watched Patrick Mahomes ever? Like he averages like three to four hundred yards and three to four, maybe five touchdowns a game his whole career. There's never been a game except for the first game he ever rolled out in the NFL, which I don't even know if he played from the start where he did not throw a passing touchdown. We accomplished that. He barely creeped over the 300 yards passing mark which is just like, I mean, you want to talk about rolling out of bed. Pat Mahomes rolls out of bed and throws for 300. So when I say that we we gave Pat Mahomes issues and we we held him better than basically any other team ever has in a year plus of him starting, yes, that's something to hang your hat on. And I do not care that, uh, okay, yes, they did end up with over 30 points. I mean, we're going to talk about a few plays on why they got to that number and I mean, nobody can watch that game and not be proud of that effort against that player and that football team with the type of players they have on the football field. So for you to act like, oh, he still had his way with us. He moved us up down the field. We didn't do anything like that just shows me that you just have this crazy expectation that, you know, oh, if we would have hold Pat Mahomes to 150 and no touchdowns, then it would have been dominance. Like, no, we played really well against the top quarterback in today's NFL we lost a game that had a chance to win, which really nobody gave us a chance to win. And yeah, uh, again, I tried to agree with you off the top. Uh, when you boil it all down, if you want to just make this the most simpleton argument possible, a loss is a loss is a loss. The Lions lost. They could have won. They didn't win. But that doesn't mean there's not plenty to talk about in this game, plenty to break down. And in my opinion, for any fan plenty to both build on and yes, quote unquote, be proud of instead of sit there and say, well, you lost. Well, what would you have said, Griff, if they would have lost or 40 to, you know, three, you would have had a way different take than what you should have today. So again, it's the NFL, man. It's a hard game. There's so many factors that went into this one. 
that if you just blow past them and act like, well, they just lost the game, Oakry, then you, you you didn't. I mean, you mentioned off the top. You said it's one of the greatest games ever. But when you just boil it down and say, hey, well, they lost, that just like throws away everything that this game was all about on so many levels, good, bad, and otherwise. Can we talk about the game now? Yeah, that's yeah. I wasn't I wasn't gonna belabor you know beat the dead horse anymore. So yeah, let's talk about the game. All right, we will do so. So um, everybody, let's do this. Let's get our great sponsors in here. We got Spotify, we've got uh, Anchor Podcasts, and we've got this brand new uh, outdoor podcast as well as just a podcast. If you got dreams in your life and you want to make them come true, uh, go ahead and check this podcast out, the Stokecast Podcast. So let's get all three of them in here. We'll come right back after the break. Talk all about this game. Uh, plenty of things to discuss. Um, plenty of more arguments to come, I'm sure. But also, like, you know, this this is a pivotal game as well as the one that will be coming up after the bye week. So we'll talk all about it when we come right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, we're back. He did part of the first show. Grifka had a take. I did as well. Um, gosh, lots to unpack from this game. We're going to do that as best we can right here, right now. So, Grifka, this game got kicked off. I was live tweeting it for uh, Lions Wire. That was super fun, being online, getting people's reactions, kind of shooting messages on my instant reactions to these plays. But the Lions come out hot. I mean, Matt Prater, 25-yard uh, field goal to kick us off. Lions get the football back. and. Uh, you know, the people definitely want to hear your opinion here. This guy, I mean, I don't know, his name is DJ Hawkinson with a five-yard touchdown. This guy's uh, already been in the end zone multiple times here early in the season. Uh, beautiful catch to put the Lions up 10-zip early in the game. What are you thinking at this point? That uh, I know when we had talked about the game, um, previewing it, uh, we thought maybe either either the tight ends, him or Jesse James, could have a big game because we both felt that the the Lions' uh, tight ends were better than their linebackers and even their defensive backs at that point. Um, so yeah, it was nice to see him, you know, get open and you know just kind of be there and you know come down with that nice catch. I mean, uh, 
that was huge. You know, 10 nothing. you know, really putting the Chiefs in a hole. I mean, they hadn't done that all year. And they haven't done that in a while, actually, where they were actually in a, in, in a hole that way where they had to fight back. And um, it was just, um, you know, I know we're talking about him right now, and I know he left the game later, but I really wish guys would stop trying to leap over other guys. Yeah, it's a cool highlight thing, but it seems like at some point, you know, what happened to, to Hawkinson was going to happen to, to anybody. And he, he took that pretty hard. And just as soon as, you know, I was I was texting, you know, a few other buddies, you know, during the game and right after the Thank saw the play. Sorry. And I was just like, I was like, um, well, there's a concussion. So uh, and I think really that really hurt the, the offense down the that later in the game, not having him there, especially with his blocking. So uh, um, it was a great touchdown. But gosh, you know, come on, Hawkinson, stand, stay, you know, stand your feet and just put your shoulder down and, you know, run through the guy as opposed to trying to like jump six feet in the air over somebody. Yeah, not to belabor that point, but, you know, to me, Grifka, we we basically play Monday morning quarterback on this show and many people do. But, you know, you always can't live second guessing like he's made that play a lot, both in college and now of going up over the top here. It burns him and everybody's flipping out about it. But had he had he caught that ball, hurdled the guy, maybe scored or got closer to the end zone, it would be a non-issue. So. I think it's kind of revisionist thinking. I mean, I'm with you like when he got upended and then you just saw his head bounce off the turf. Like I've never seen before. It was, it was like, I mean, and this was a pertinent example where he could have just caught slid, you know, he had plenty of room to just dive head first, get a first down, you know, would have been the same exact play. So I agree with you. I just think a lot of times we overthink things and think, well, I knew if he would have done that that time, he was going to get flipped. Well, nobody really did, but like you said, he should probably, you know, should and will limit that in the future, which probably just a good lesson learned here early in the career. Grifka, before we move on, can you admit to the people after four games that uh, Jesse James is not the starting tight end like you went on and on about in the offseason that TJ Hawkinson's a pretty dang good football player? Can you at least give the people that? Well, I mean, yeah, he's a pretty good he's a pretty good player. And actually, I got in a discussion with uh one of my buddies I was texting with that game because he thinks TJ Hawkinson's the best player on the team. And I'm like, I wouldn't go that far, but, uh, you know, he thinks he is. So this, he, my friend's in your boat as well. So, uh, I mean, yeah, he's decent, but you know, if his, if his concussion's going to make it linger, you know, for a while, Jesse James will be the starting, the starting tight end. So I never <laughs> said how it was going to happen, just that he would be. Okay. And again, not to go too long, but the people also want to know, you do realize he's pretty much out, outperformed uh, your uh, projections for the year already. And we're at game four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So Hawkinson got in the end zone. That was great. Like Grifka said later in the game, he got dinged up, which did hurt the team. Um, you know, the chiefs come back, they end up getting a 23 yard field goal, a one yard uh, shady run for a touchdown. So before you know it, it's a 10, 10 tied up. Um, heading into the, uh, what was it, 13-13 at the half, Grifka? That's what it was. Yeah, t- two more uh, field goals right yeah. before the half, 13-13. Uh, yep. To me, you know, again, all the buddies I'm communicating with, which is not you because we just have a referendum on texting because of our fights last year and previously where we just see the game differently. But all my buddies and stuff thinking, man, that's a good half of football, like playing good, you know, um, wish we almost weren't tied, but you got to feel good at halftime there with how they're holding down this Chiefs offense, how they're playing just in general. You know, a couple of my buddies will always say, got to get six here, got to get a touchdown. And I'm like, you know, we don't score touchdowns on every play. It's just 
an impossibility in the NFL. Like you are going to kick field goals. You are going to get stopped in the red zone, but they just want six every time they're anywhere near the end zone. And, you know, the lions, I think have overall been pretty decent at uh, not only just, you know, offensively throughout the year, but you know, when they've got down, I feel like we're getting points regardless. We're not coming out totally empty, but um, yeah, 13, 13, it could have been, could have been tipped in the lion's favor, but it was tied at half. Just, just, this a, quick, is, this just is a quick, what, just a quick comment. Sorry, I, I yeah. think it was on the shady touchdown. It was the It was was that the one that was like right up the middle, or am I thinking of like a Williams one? Yeah, where they all just ran the one yard, kind of well, got up the middle well, eventually. Well, if if you, I think it was that one where you watched the play, and I think it was, I think it was, I thought it was Ashan where he almost he was beating that block. You could tell the the hole was there, and Shady sees it, and he's just gonna run up the middle. And if you watch that play, I think they showed the highlight afterwards where Matt Patricia's like, you know, mouthing in slow motion. There was a hold, and there was. I mean, because Ashan was beating the, that block, and he would have closed that hole, but the offensive guard just grabbed him by the shoulder pad and the jersey and just kind of ripped him back to reopen the hole. And McCoy was able to go right up the middle. And then right at the halftime, you know, right, not at halftime, but right at the commercial break, they showed Patricia, you know, obviously it was a highlight in slow motion where he, go, he was pointing and he goes, there was a hold. Because I saw the same thing, like, there was a hold. And, and that's what he said. And, and so it was like one of those things, like, I, I know that whole thing is like they're not going to call as many holding penalties, which leads me back to the other thing where, you know, Pat Mahomes actually turns around and looks at the referee when Kevin Strong was being held. And that one was pretty obvious. And the referee just let it go where Pat Mahomes was able to rumble for like 15 yards up the sideline. But back to the McCoy one. Yeah, that Aishon, I think it was Aishon was being held on that one. And even Matt Patricia saw it from the sideline. So, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, bogart your time, but your referee call, that one, that one was pretty obvious. Yeah, well, first of all, we're going to talk about him plenty more, so we might as well get his name out there. Walt Coleman, one of the old referees, one of these guys that you can tell they just don't have a good handle on how to referee some of these plays. You know, I'm always astounded, like, before I, you know, somewhat bag on the refs during this episode, like, you know, I don't know how they see half the things they see. I mean, I, if you've ever been anywhere near kind of the field in an NFL game, I mean, yeah, you have refs at different areas of the field, but how they see some of these holdings, how they, you know, make these calls at a split second, I'll like never know. But, you know, so to your point, like, okay, yeah, I mean, I remember that. I also remember that, like, I think the play before that, you know, Sean or one of the big men got off a block and absolutely stoned, you know, Shady right up there. It took him like two or three tries to to get the walk-in touchdown. But, you know, I'm much more of a proponent of less less holdings the better because it does happen on every play. There's another play we'll get to at the very end of the game, which people are going crazy about. And I'm just kind of like, you know, it's just a nightmare down there in the middle. You know, people are just you know, it's a fist fight, you know, it's just, how do you really distinguish what's a hold? What's not, what's this, what's that? I mean, it's pretty hard to hold people. Lions are pretty stout front when it's in tight there, but I mean, you're not going to stone a team three, four times on the one. It very rarely happens. So I, I wasn't, you know, I up in arms about that play. I just kind of thought, you know, what was going to happen on the one is they were going to score a touchdown there. And like you say, heading in two other field goals, got the game tied, but, you know, I definitely was feeling good about it. And, uh, 
you know, we head into the locker room. What I wasn't feeling good about Grifka, and this is what we need to spend our time on, coming out of the locker room. You know, I don't have – let me get the, the time stamp on this play because this thing just I, – I haven't seen many like it. So with 9.08 left in the third quarter, we put together another great drive, get all the way down in tight, and end up handing the ball to carry on Johnson at the one-yard line, second down, I believe. And he just plows his way up there. You know, it's a mess. People all over the football field. Next thing you know, way after the play, basically the refs are coming in to spot the football. You see Brashad Breeland just dart out of there with a the ball, start running. A few Lions run after him. You're thinking, okay, yeah, sure, buddy. Like, go get your wind sprints in. And he scores a touchdown. And then you got to hear the announcers. Oh, did we hear a whistle? I don't think so. This could be a touchdown. I'm thinking there. there's just no way. Like, you know, even if it's a fumble, there was a mass of humanity. There's somebody's down there. This is ridiculous. And sure enough, they show the replay, which to me, Grifka, I can't wait to hear your opinion on this because this is my biggest pet peeve. It's not like the refs lost us this game, the refs, the refs, the refs. What I can't stand with Lions games and refs is I feel like every other football game I watch in the NFL, they say stands when they're unsure. They're supposed to say like, okay, we called it this on the field and we really aren't 100% or really even 90% sure on the replay, so we have to stay with stands. I feel like way too many times in Detroit Lions games, they say it's down on the field on this play. They go to replay. It's still cloudy. Is he on top of bodies? Is his backside down? You know, the ball seems to be coming free. Then the balls, if it is free, it's underneath a big lineman where there's Lions players all around, basically have their hands on his shoulder, his leg, whatever. But they're saying, oh, no, he just kind of shoveled it over to another guy so he wasn't touched, and then the other guy ran clean and free. Like, I got tons of issues that there's all these layers of this play yet they feel like they had 100% evidence to say, oh, no, we 100% know it was a fumble. We 100% know he wasn't touched, and we feel 100% good about giving them a 100-yard touchdown the other way. Like, that's a complete reversal when they know the standard is you're supposed to say the ruling on the field was down by contact, and worst case, say we see a clear fumble and a clear recovery by the Kansas city chiefs, but not a damn hundred yard touchdown the other way. I had a huge issue with this play on so many levels. Yeah. This was uh, another thing where I got into a uh, Twitter. Argument this is where you're supposed Twitter. to agree with me. Yeah. I got another argument with uh, my, my friends on this is technically, I mean, I thought his head, hit the, I thought his head hit the ground, which once your head hits the ground, that's like your knee or your butt or whatever, you know, that's hitting the ground. And, he has the ball extended above him. So, like, once his head hits the ground, and then after that, you see the ball fall down. So, is he down? And my friend's like, oh, the ball was loose. It's like, you can't tell because there's just a pile of bodies in there. And I'm just like, I thought his head hit the ground. He goes, I go, if worse, you know, it's like maybe his forward momentum was stopping. He's like, there's no foot, you know, there's no forward momentum on the goal line. I, I don't think that's right. But, you know, I mean, why would why wouldn't you blow the whistle then? If that's the case, you would just let it kind of go on forever then. But um, I couldn't tell if the ball was loose or not when his head hit the ground. Because that was the first thing that looked like that hit the ground. But you're right. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, somebody does touch it. There's a pile of bodies. And then Breland comes over there and grabs the ball. And, you know, he's he's in the end zone when he first starts to run. And Galladay makes a half 
half-hearted attempt to do anything. Looks like he was trying to grab his flag. But uh, my question is, what if Galladay like lays a shoulder into him and drops him in the end zone? Is it a safety? You know, uh, like what would the call have been there? Because he was running in the end zone when that happened. You know, so I mean, what would have happened at that point? But you're right. I mean, to uh, I agree with you on that. Get the bell out. I mean, y- you really can't tell, but you know, obviously, uh, you know, since they were just gonna hold be- on, hold on. This is where I have to break in though. You just said when you can't t- really tell. That's my whole premise of my big argument I laid out when you can't really tell you stick with what you called on the field. And I'm going to talk about this again on another play. They do that in every other game. And it annoys me because sometimes I feel like you can tell hundred percent and they still stay with whatever they, they called initially. So not only are you saying, well, you couldn't really tell your buddy and you weren't sure I'm saying you couldn't really see it. They not only pretended like they could see everything perfectly, like they gave the complete, like reversal of the play, not even like, hey, it's a fumble. The guy who picked it up is down. It's a touchback for Kansas City. That would have been the compromise if you really want to be ridiculous about it. Not not allowing this whole play to continue because, like you said, nobody's even talking about forward progress. Nobody's even talking about the fact that, uh, you know, at some point the play is over. Like these guys are coming in to half spot the football and, oh, this guy just runs out of the pack and we're just supposed to know that the, the play is still on. Like how these players are supposed to play through what, like you, you want us to keep playing until you actually spot the football back on the near hash. Like, no, of course not. Like at some point you have to quit playing. Like you said, like had Kenny killed him or had Kenny like even thought like, what I'm supposed to tackle this guy now. Like the play was over, uh, you know, five, 10 seconds ago, you know, in his opinion. So Gosh, I just, like I said, I, I don't want to talk forever about this play, but there's so many layers of, I don't know how they could get it as wrong as they did by just saying, oh, we just let it go. We let it develop. Yeah, but you can't let it develop when everybody stopped playing. You can't let it develop and give the other team the complete flip of what it should have been, which in my opinion should have been down on the oomph line, Lions football, and instead you say, oh, touchdown Kansas City. What? Like – absolutely ridiculous i think on so many levels yeah that's uh it's one of those things where i don't know how walt coleman and his crew continue to uh get to play in this league but uh you know rough rough these games but uh i don't know you know it's just it seems like one of those things where it comes back to haunt our beloved lions and i think i put on twitter after this play i said okay that's a ridiculous call. That's, you know, absolutely not what they're supposed to do because it was not 100% clear. But it's 9.08 left in the third quarter. Just go win this freaking football game anyway. Like, and the Lions came down. They scored a field goal with Matt Prater, a 53-yarder, by the way. That probably would have been good from 68. I mean, dead middle. That was incredible. Matt Prater is just still one of the best in the business. And then late in the third quarter, a minute 10 left, They come down and just throw an absolute, probably, I think I heard somebody on the radio today say this was Matt Stafford's greatest throw of his career. This throw between four Kansas City Chiefs right when we need it to put us up 23-20 to Kenny Galladay on a nine-yard just absolute dart where it was not only put in the perfect spot, it was thrown with amazing pace right where it had to be. Kenny Galladay snatches it. I mean, talk about that touchdown, Griff, because it was just unbelievable. Uh, geez, that was a dart. That had to be one of the best throws I've ever, you know, seen out of Matt Stafford, and that's why he gets paid the big bucks for that cannon of an arm he has. 
and that was even for Galladay to like have that much concentration to catch that ball. Like you said, it was going through like a sea of people and Galladay to bring that in. That was just, that was huge. I, I mean, it was amazing. That was like right there, just pump. That's what I gave. I was just like, yes. And you know, is is it was, I mean, I was like, and you know, stunned how that ball made it through that window with Galladay catching it. Yeah, man, that was incredible. Now I think we skipped over, Another part, Griffith, that we got to get into. Two things, actually. When was the Matt Stafford fumble inside the 10 um, when he was trying to escape the pocket out to the left? you recall when that was in the game? I thought that was part of the – wasn't that part of the third quarter where the Lions lost, what, three fumbles and the Chiefs lost two or something like that, or vice versa, the Chiefs lost three and the Lions lost two? That was right after the Galladay touchdown that was overturned. I think it was like the next play or two where he was rolling out trying to make a play and they oh, knocked man. it out of his hand. Gosh, just you even bringing that up gets me for There's so much talk about Griffith. This is like a three, this should be like a three show episode. So let, let's break this down real quick. So Kenny Galladay's touchdown getting called back. Before I even talk, I want your, just lay out what happened on that play, what you saw on the replay and talk me through it. And then I'll give my opinion because I've got plenty of thoughts. That was what the, that was the second and goal, I believe. Um, I think it was like second goal from the nine. And there was there was a Kansas City put some pressure on. And um, I don't know if Stafford had to throw the ball before he wanted to, but he did the perfect pass where the Chiefs' defensive back was had his back turned. And Galladay, I thought he brought it in. I mean, Charles Davis thought he brought it in. Our homeboy Dean Blandino said no because he bobbled it when he hit the ground. But. Uh, that, I saw Galladay made the catch and got both feet in. I mean, but, you know, yeah, like when he hit the ground, the ball, like, kind of moved up a little bit simply from, you know, you know, sheer, you know, force of hitting the ground and falling, what, you know, five, six feet out of the, out of the air. But uh, obviously that wasn't good enough for the uh, for the film crew in New York where they had to overturn the touchdown. Oh my gosh, Griff, I got into it with a bunch of people on Twitter. All these people have these different opinions on this play. So I was going off what I saw in game when I was talking with people. I went back and I saw it again today. Here's my take on it. Like you said, Stafford throws up kind of a loft ball, back shoulder-ish, had to jump for it, perfect placement. I mean, I think it's well established now. Kenny Galladay is a top 10, top 12 receiver right now in this league with even higher upside. This guy's incredible. He goes up, body control, catches this thing. When I saw it again today, you know, not in the heat of the moment. So he jumps up, he catches it. He does have a little bit of a, like a bobble into his body. He gathers it with two hands firmly. That is when he does what Kenny Galladay does. He drops the two the two feet the absolute like heel tap with the somehow letting the other dead leg just fall down and bounds so my argument with people has been possession and two feet is the standard i thought now in the nfl there's no more controlling it through the ground that was the calvin reverse oh no you don't have to control it through the ground anymore people yet i still see that a lot or people talk about that a lot People said he he lost it multiple times. If you go back and watch it, there's a mini bobble. There's a securement of the ball. There's a two feet down. There's, like you said, the falling down backwards, the ball like 
shifts a little bit in his left hand and sort of comes over pinned against his body. Then when he crashes to the ground, it shifts over to his right arm. So yes, there is movement there. It never like loses control where he had to like double catch it or it was a big issue. And then my thing is he never loses possession. Like I think the NFL, I got such a big issue. And again, I could do a whole show on this and maybe I will someday about the catch, no catch. Like when they go to Dean Blandino, this guy tries to make it seem like it's brain surgery. Like he's splitting the atom. Like, hold on, everybody. Move out of the way while my genius comes in here and tells you what an NFL catch is. And he breaks it down in like six different ways. I'm like, a catch is a catch, man. A catch with two feet inbounds is a freaking catch in the NFL and college and anywhere. These guys got a, well, he caught it, and then it had slay movement. He pinned it to his body, but he didn't lose. You know what I mean? Like, there's all these these ridiculous, in my opinion, delineations of what a catch is. Now, in the field of play, you can catch it, have the ball roll on the ground, but if you have somehow have your hand on it, it's okay. But then this Kenny catches a no touchdown. Like, I'm just pulling my hair out literally because it's like, we're just overthinking everything in the NFL. And now with replay, these guys, they, they slow it down to the millionth degree. Of course, it looks like a big bobble at that point. You know what I mean? Like, of course, it looks like pass interference on almost every play when you have, you know, 4K cameras and you slow it down to the 18th millionth of a degree slow motion. Like, the NFL is never going to get it right unless they just simplify it. Like I said, did the guy catch the football? Yes, he. the ball never hit the ground. It never left his body. Did he get two feet inbounds in the end zone? Yes, he did. That's a dang touchdown. I don't care if you're the Kansas City Chiefs or the Detroit Lions. A clean catch and feet in is good, you know, bottom line. So taking that away from the guy is just just wrong to me. Yeah, I mean, can't break it down any better than that. And somebody tried to come at me, Griff, if if that's the case, then the, the Sammy Watkins is touchdown. Sammy Watkins barely had the football for half second. And then Justin Coleman went straight up Joe Lewis, which I want your take on to your opinion. What about the Detroit Lions just throwing body blows all day, just balling up the fist like we do in Detroit, throwing haymakers and knocking the football out left, right, and center. I mean, that was incredible. I loved it. Um. Well, first to talk about your Sammy Watkins catch, the guy who came back in. Well, actually, when the ball hit him and he had control – I mean, I realize he's running on the field and he didn't jump, but when he caught the ball, he was running. So one foot was on the ground, and before his other foot could touch, that's where Coleman came in and punched it out. So right. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you want to call that a catch, but he, I mean, I know the one thing I was talking about. Did he get two feet down? Did he get a? Did he, you know, have a football move? His other foot hadn't touched the ground yet. That's how quick Coleman came in and punched that thing out. So um, I would disagree with whoever came back at you and said that. So anyways. But, and my um, thing is, like, it's common sense, right? Like, when you watch the Sammy play, you know that's bang, bang. The ball's knocked out. It's a no catch. When you watch the Kenny play in real life, anybody that's not a fan of either team or you could take a, you know, a 13-year-old and say, hey, watch this play. Is that a touchdown or what? They'd be like. Oh, yeah, it looked like he caught it and got his feet in. That's a touchdown. They wouldn't say, oh, wait, I think he had a half a bobble after the play was over. So that's where I'm saying common sense. Like, you watch both of those. One's incomplete, obviously, just by watching it. And one's a touchdown, you know, without getting lost in the minutia. It's just simple. Stop yeah. stop making it harder than it needs to be. But um, yeah. back to your other your, your question about um, 
the Lions punching the ball out. It's been probably years since I've seen a Lions team actively try to do that. And I know they're taught it, you know, you always tell, we, we've seen them do it in practice, you know, when we went down to practice, you know, coming up from behind to punch it out and we've seen them try that. But I think the best one was where Sammy Watkins caught that. He was on the ground and nobody touched him. And, and like Charles Davis said, did he just wait for him to try to run? Because yeah, I mean, that's, it's one of those things. He, and it was perfect timing as he's, you know, trying to get up to like move a little bit, that's going to drop your arm and release it. Cause you don't hold that tight because you're just trying to pick and he just punched it out right at the right time. I mean, it is, it's probably been years since I've seen the lions actively do that where they're actually really trying. I've seen them try to rip it out in here, but I've never seen the punch them do the punch that way. Right. You know, like, you that know, was a, peanut Tillman that was straight it. up Jamal Agnew. That was the peanut Tillman punch. When he got up, bam, right on the football ball out. And like I said, to see them do that over and over again was not only like exciting, but it was also like, man, that's, that's been coached up. That's some good stuff right there because getting the ball out is a key to success in the NFL. I've said it a million times. Right. And, and I know like teams like, you know, in practice, cause we've even seen it in practice, you know, hold the ball tight, other team, we're going to try to punch it out. But still like in the middle of a game where you're like, your eyes are darting around and you're trying to, you know, find creases and there's points where your body's like shifting where it's not in there as tight as it could be. So, and it's almost like the lines are getting at that perfect time, right where the juke is coming in or something like that. They're able to punch that ball out. So I, you know, kudos. I hope they keep it up the rest of the year. And it's amazing thing. It's amazing to see that this defense do that. I was so hoping you'd say kudos. So I want to do a Grifka Bell just on kudos. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, here we go. Crack the bat, stop the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.